What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of the Oscars, the podcast that takes a look at the 2023 Oscars 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are going swimming and we are forcing everybody else to go swimming with us as we talk about Ruben Oslin's Triangle of Sadness. It looks paid for the tickets. Not bad, huh? <laughs> so what do you do? I sell shit. The success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. A fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich. We are now on week nine of covering the Oscars. Look at us, Ben. Who would have thought? Nine weeks in, man. I'm feeling I, good. Yeah, I mean, this. I think you had already achieved this, but I've now finally seen all the nominees. This yes. is my last one that I was hanging on to, this in uh, All Quiet, which we covered last week. So this is the first time in quite a few years that I've watched <laughs> all 10. I'm very excited about that. I feel really proud to be included in that journey of yours. I, and I will say I beat you by a week, so suck on that, Ben. Totally I did it. Fair. Totally fair. <laughs> we are after week- watching Babylon three times, you found time to watch other movies. That's crazy. I found I found time, man. That's the thing, that's the special thing about Babylon. It doesn't actually take up real amounts of time. You enter into this kind of slip in between time zones, you know, and it's just the Babylon I time zone. Bringing it up already. I regret bringing it up. <laughs> well, before we go any further with our podcast, I do want to introduce our guest. Um, quite honestly, our um, the guest we've been most excited to have on the pod. Um, first time guest on this show. First time guest on any podcast which we just recently learned, which is exciting. We have the social media manager for Letterboxd, Flynn Slicker. Flynn, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me on my first ever podcast. I'm, really- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm super stoked to have you here. This is going to be fun. Yeah. This is- really, uh, yeah, surprised that you guys have watched all 10 of the Oscar nominations. I have not, which I'm really ashamed okay. about. But, uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah well you know that that's okay you still by the time this comes out you still have nine days to go so I you i keep telling myself that but every year it's like yeah i still have you know two weeks yeah. and mm-hmm. two weeks like are up but i'm like wait i don't know any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you have left out of the best picture noms um like is it a couple or is it like a lot of them no i think i've seen most of them i have okay. all quiet on the western front left okay babylon nominated no. Yeah, in a, in a, no. in a better world, it's nominated. <laughs> in the multiverse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that doesn't uh, count for yeah. well, there's nice. a few, but yeah. Nice. Well, Flynn, you brought this upon yourself, and I try to make a point of it uh, for every episode of the pod before we get too deep into the conversation. Um, Babylon, how do you feel? You pro Babylon? Are you part of the hive? And I just need to know. No, I haven't seen. Oh, you haven't seen Babylon? Yeah. It's, yeah. No, oh, great. Okay. I, that's that's totally fine. We'll have you back on once you've seen it so you can feel yeah. what it's like to join such a wonderful community. That yeah, doesn't I, include Ben. Weird because I, I when it first came out, I think there was like a lot of hate on it on film Twitter, which like film Twitter is like this whole other thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then when it came out on VOD, that's when everyone was like, this is the most amazing movie ever. Like you have to see it. And I was like, OK, I should watch mm-hmm. it now. But yeah, I'm just waiting until it comes out on like streaming services. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's fair. That's fair. I like that. Um, awesome, Flynn. So I uh, I gotta know. Um, there is a video of you. So you do work for Letterbox, which is kind of pretty fucking cool. Um, and there's a video of you 
You got the chance to go inside the Criterion closet. I just want to know, can you give me a firsthand like retelling? How is the Criterion closet? Because I'm like, I'm one degree away and I feel pretty good about it now. Oh my God. It was so terrifying when I like feel like I should not have been there. It was like total imposter syndrome. (laughs) Why am I here when there's like so many people that have been in here that are so much cooler, but um, walking in, it's like tiny, you know, like you, I don't know, on camera, everything seems bigger. So when you're going in there, it's like, you can barely like fit your shoulders. There was three of us in there. So we were all like Mm -hmm. rammed. You guys are packed in there. Yeah. And I think I took one too many things. They were a little like, oh, Oh, (laughs) um, wow. No, I was like, I had this whole stack and I was like, is this okay? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. But yeah. Cool. And then they like put our Polaroid up on like the wall with everyone else's. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so honored. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really I, cool. I like was very envious about that. That's got, that's like some <laughs> weird like dream at some point. It's just even just to yeah. see it. So that's way cool. Yeah. It and, like still feels like a dream, even though I'm like, it happened. But when I was there, I was like lightheaded. And then I left and I was like, Wait, <laughs> I mean, like, I think just like, even just with this Oscar run, like they've had the Daniels in there. I think wasn't Kate Blanchett and Todd Field Todd in Field. there at the same time. Right. Like, yeah, it's crazy. The people that have been in there. I think that's, that's awesome. So yeah, good job. Yeah. That's way cool. And you, you picked up the before trilogy and that's why I had to ask you. Cause like, I'm, I adore the before trilogy and I, and I, uh, had previously purchased it from Criterion a few weeks before that. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. Flynn, like, we're best friends already because yeah. the before trilogy unites us all. Um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about some Oscars here. So I'm curious, uh, from, from your standpoint, Flynn, you mentioned you haven't watched all of the Oscar nominees for this year. Uh, mm-hmm. what's your relationship with the Oscars in general? Do you watch them every year? Do you, um, care a lot? How do you plan on watching them this year? If you're going to give us the down low. Um, okay. I've like, watched the oscars a lot when i was a kid um not like for particular movies or anything i think when i was younger it was just like oh this is fun to watch like a bunch mm-hmm. of celebrities do like speeches yeah. and stuff but um i think my earliest memory is when leonardo dicaprio won the oscar i think i was sitting in my kitchen like watching it on our tiny tv and i was like oh my god he won and i wasn't like particularly the biggest fan but i think like the fact he won that year and like Everyone says he's been like snubbed for earlier. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. And then I guess now that I'm like in the film industry, I watch it more of like a, it's not like work necessarily, but it's, I don't know. I just, it feels more fun because I like get to watch, I mean, almost all the movies every year. And yeah. I'm like definitely rooting for more people in the past two Oscars than I ever have because I, you know, have interviewed some of the people that are being nominated and it's like really cool to see uh, Paul Mescal, like just crazy, like that he's had. Um, Yeah. yeah. That's rad. Yeah. And it's like, it's like not like work in terms of like boring or anything like that, but I think, you know, it's part of your job. You got to say like, on the polls being the social media manager, you gotta stay up on it. So that's 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 so cool. Yeah, I like hearing everyone's kind of their story of how they came about to the Oscars. Yeah, that's what super rad. I'm curious about your guys' relationship. Yeah, uh, I was, for, for, oh go for it, Ethan. 
No, I was, I was literally going to say Ben has a much deeper relationship with the Oscars than I do. So why don't you start, Ben? <laughs> uh, I think the first time I really remember them, uh, like, uh, consciously was the Titanic because it was like, oh, wow, this was nominated for, like, like 14 things or something like that. And it's like no movie at that point in my life had done that before. So it was like a thing. You know, it's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, this has so many nominations So that's the first one I really remember like paying attention to and stuff. And then I've always like since a kid just wanted to be in like my, my dream job as a child was to be an animator for Disney. So I've always really liked, you know, animated movies and stuff like that. So I try to keep up on that and then eventually got into film production and video editing. And so, yeah, it's just like, it can't help, but just get bigger and bigger every year and just like more invested in it and stuff. So um, it's just, I, I mean, I said on some other episode, I don't remember, but it's just like, it's the the biggest night for movies and honestly it kind of doesn't matter at all. Like it means everything and it doesn't matter. Cause it's just like, you know, whatever, there's like all the politics in it too, but it's just like, it's, it's cool to see people dressed up and, and being cool and like celebrating each other. I think it's my favorite thing is like seeing everyone's reaction, honestly, like when they lose, cause they're usually so excited yeah. for who won. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, Oh my God, that person won. Like that's so cool. So I, I just love all the, it feels like a night of, camaraderie i guess so yeah and I think, like sorry uh, i think like this year more than ever in uh the other awards that there has been this year i feel like people are really rooting for each other especially like kate and michelle like whoever wins they're always just like so happy for each other yeah just yeah. so rad big time i i have a a lot lamer of a story like i found my passion for film a lot later in life and like I'm in, a gra- I'm in grad school right now for film studies, and that's because I didn't know, like, I liked movies when I went to college. And so now I'm, I'm learning that about myself. And so I think really in terms of the Oscars, like, the first year I remember was 2019. And much to the chagrin of you, Ben, is, like, when I saw, when I saw Uncut Gems and when I saw Joker in theaters in 2019, I was like, oh, fuck, like, movies are kind of crazy. Like, you can do some wild stuff. And then Joaquin Phoenix wins for Joker, and then obviously you have that's marriage story year and you have lots of big things happening in 2019. And that was really the first year that I, I wholeheartedly watched the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 2020 and 21, you have the, the big Anthony Hopkins win over Chadwick Boseman. And that's, that was like my first time experiencing a live, a live snub where I was just like, what is going, like, what are we going doing? What is going on? How does this even happen? Um, and then the slap last year. So I've had a, a whirlwind of three years uh, dedicated to the Oscars but yeah, it's it's been really fun and um much like you guys, like I think it's just rad to get up there and watch people you know root for each other and like get celebrities dressed up and like memeable memeable moments. Like mm-hmm. that's incredible stuff. We all we all live for that kind of stuff. And you know, speaking of uh people rooting for each other, getting up on stage, winning awards, the SAG Awards were just a, a couple of nights ago and Big winners, some shocks, some some really big shocks, um, which, you know, go hand in hand with this episode. We're talking about best supporting actress in in the Dolly De Leon um, aspect of Triangle of Sadness here. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis won over Angela Bassett in the, at the SAG Awards, which is some wild stuff, I think, opens the door for the Oscars race. Um, so I'm really curious to know... Uh, Flynn, I'll start with you and, and Ben as well, because this is an ongoing conversation that we continue to have week after week. Uh, Michelle Yeoh wins 
for Best Actress at the SAG Awards. Um, Kate Blanchett has not done very well in terms of like precursors for the Oscars and everything everywhere all at once continues to gain more and more and more momentum. They win Best Ensemble. They win a lot of other awards at SAG. Um, but it's still down to Kate and Michelle. It still feels like that is an all out battle. Um, do you have your money on Kate or Michelle, one or the other? How do you see this race playing out for Best Actress? Anna Darmus blindside. I think it's how it's going to go. You know, just out of nowhere, she's going to the one award she'll win this whole season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm so conflicted on it because I mean, everything everywhere is my favorite movie of last year. I think Michelle's performance was amazing, um, but I can't take away from Kate in Tar. Like she, she really carries that movie. She does a wonderful job. I wouldn't be upset if either of them win. My heart wants Michelle, but my head thinks like. I don't know. This is like, that's, that's what goes into it so much. It's like, are they going to give Kate her third one? Or is this mm-hmm. going to be kind of like the Leo situation of like, man, we've never recognized Michelle before. And she's done a lot of great stuff. Like not that this is like a, give me like a whatever, but it's like, we also haven't like recognized her enough. So this would be a great one to give it to her for. So I don't know. I honestly, this is the one award out of everything like on the ballot that I, I'm probably just going to wait until like five minutes before they start to pick something. Cause I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. It just keeps go going so back and forth. Like, yeah. And it, it feels like everything everywhere right now is the wave, you know, that everyone's riding. So I'm, I'm hopeful for Michelle, but it's hard when, you know, you're up against someone who's already won twice. Cause they do mm-hmm. love giving people awards that they've given awards to before as well, you know? So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. What do you think? Flynn? God, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're, I mean, in the years that I've been, like, really into the Oscars, like, there hasn't been this, like, tide of a race before. Yeah. Um, but um, I have no idea. I think I, sorry, Ben, I liked Tar a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so I think, me, baby. <laughs> I think I would like Kate to win, but at the same time, like, Michelle definitely deserves it as well. So I like would not be mad either way. Like, I think it's very like 50, 50. Yeah. Um, I just really loved Kate's performance. So I don't know. It was so good. And that's like, I agree with you. Like, it's just like they, they are for me, like split down the middle. They both gave Mm -hmm. such powerful, great performances. So like, I won't be bummed either way. Uh, but I just like, it's just like my heart was like, I'd be cool to see, Michelle take it, but you can't no. argue what Kate pulled off in that movie. Like it's, it's so intense. If she's yep. not that good, the movie's not that good, you know, and she's fucking amazing. Like she doesn't have like the, the visuals and all that kind of stuff that Michelle does with everything everywhere. You know, she just, it's her and she gives mm-hmm. a great performance. So um, I would never be more scared than when she's like threatening that little girl, <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh fuck, I do not want to mess with <laughs> Kate Blanchett ever. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> They're very like different performances as well. Yeah. Like I, I have no idea how it's gonna go. Yeah, I think that's what makes part of this race so fascinating. Is there two very distinct performances from two exceptionally different films, and and the tones and the vibes and the themes, everything could not be more opposite. I really feel like so. I do think it'll kind of really come down to the wire, and I'm I'm curious that if Michelle does take home this Oscar. I feel like that's kind of a lock for best picture for everything. I feel like like that's the wave and that is going to get them what they need to get to the finish line. Uh, but we've seen in years past, 
being in the being in the top spot, being in the lead for best picture, best actress, or any other category um, leading into the Oscars is a pretty dangerous spot to be in. There's a huge target, and um, it is entirely possible to like burn out the momentum and burn out the steam before you get to the voting week and before you get to the night of the Oscars. Uh, so I'm a little worried if that might happen. Um, I think after SAG, everything everywhere is going to lock up more awards than I anticipated or than I thought, but I still am holding out for Kate to win in this. I just, I just think that has like, is kind of been the constant of like, well, we all knew she, she did it. She, she came and she didn't mess around and this was the year and she did what she had to do. And like, it, it just feels like that for me personally. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how it plays out. Uh, let's talk about triangle of sadness. Let's talk about what we came here to talk about. Because um, Flynn, when I initially DM'd you and I was like, hey, do you want to be on the pod? Like, here's how it's going to go. Here's the list of movies that we have. First one you said was Triangle of Sadness. You, were, you jumped on it. You were all about it. Uh, yes. t- tell, me how you, tell me how you feel about this movie. Uh, how many times have you seen it? What, what, what's the deal here? Oh, my God. I love it so much. I saw it first at New York Film Festival. Um, there was a Hell screening yeah. at a Regal in New York. And I went and um just oh my god i like have not had that experience watching a movie before i went by myself but it was like a packed theater everyone was laughing the entire time uh people like gasping gagging uh just everything i think it's the most like reactions i've ever felt in the theater from Mm -hmm. everyone and like that kind of experience i think you can only really feel in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really glad that I watched it that way first. And I gave it five stars. And, nice. then, and then I went and watched it again like two weeks later. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Stars <laughs> again. Uh, which usually I feel like when I have that initial reaction to a movie, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have five stars. And then I go and watch it again. And I'm like, maybe I like was in over my head. I'll put it down to 4.5. But it just locked itself in. Mm-hmm. As well favorites of the year so yeah see see, i'm the i'm the opposite generally i will try to be more conservative the first time i see a movie in a theater and try to take into account like okay it was probably my surroundings or the environment or like whatever it may be so like four and a half stars or four stars and then i come back and i'm like no i can't play myself i gotta upgrade this thing uh triangle sadness was not that way for me but i'm curious ben how how did you feel because this is the first time you've watched triangle sadness you did not get the chance to see in a theater yeah, I did not see it in the theater. I saw it at home. Um, and this had the, the after sun effect for me oh, where okay. after I watched it and it was over, I was like, okay, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> yep. but then like, as the day went on today, I was like, God damn, there's some funny stuff in there. Like, <laughs> like I really liked it, you know, a lot more than I probably would have. And that's like how it was, you know, we talked about after sun. It was just like, if I had come on to record right after watching, we're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Ethan. Like, I don't know why that was your favorite movie last <laughs> year. But then the next day at work, I'm crying at my desk. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's so beautiful. <laughs> you know? So that's uh, that's kind of what happened to me today. Like, I, I'll i say, like, I, my favorite part was the yacht part. Like, I was 100% mm-hmm. in on that. I I love that stuff. I love, like that like, that crass humor. Not necessarily just, like, shit jokes, but just, like, I don't know, watching people be miserable or something just like it cracks me up. I think it's so funny. Um, and I think the, the weakest part for me was the very first act. And that's where, mm. as it was, as we were starting out, I was like, okay, 
because I, I also didn't watch a trailer. I had no idea what this was going into it. Wow. Like, I knew the poster and that was it. So I had no clue. I thought it was all going to be on a yacht. Cause I think that's what the poster is, you know? Yeah. So when we start out with all this modeling stuff and like, okay. And then we go to dinner and we have this whole, like, you know, it's one of those arguments that's not about what it's about, you know, kind of thing. Like there's like a deeper, you know, I think anyone that's been in a relationship knows what that's like. Like it's not, this isn't what the argument's about, mm-hmm. but this is what we are going to argue about. Um, and then, but yeah, the yacht stuff, I was just like hundred percent here for like, Oh, it, I just like, I bought right in once that happened. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I knew we were getting chapters. Cause like they, they kind of tell you that at the beginning and then the beach stuff was also great. But it, I think I had a hard time right after it finished of like, that felt like three very different movies. And I think mm-hmm. it was like intentional, you know, but I, I don't know for some reason, like I didn't know what to expect. And so the whole time I'm watching, it, I didn't like just necessarily sit back and enjoy it and take it all in. I was more like, okay, so what was all that shit about the beginning though? You know, like while we're like in the yaws, yeah, like why did like, why are we watching all that? So, uh, but as I thought about it more and more, I'm like, now nah, like, it's exactly what it was supposed to be. Uh, I had a really good time with it. It is, you know, it's in my uh, ever growing letterbox queue of things to finally <laughs> review. Uh, but I will say it falls in like the four, four and a half, area for me like i i enjoyed it um i think it was like a perfect use of woody harrelson you know like i think that like his whole role was great i know we'll talk about scenes in a little bit but mm. yeah needless to say five stars for me for like the yacht part four <laughs> stars for the beach three stars for the beginning so overall it's kind of like the four four and a half area for me that's a solid. That's a solid breakdown. I appreciate the buy chapter breakdown. That's yeah. that's a good. It's a good play. It's a good play. <laughs> My enjoyment level throughout. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree with you. I think so. The first time I saw it, I was able to see it at a place called the Living Room Theater here in Portland, um, and I had known. I haven't seen any of Ruben Austin's other films, but I had known like this is really heavy handed. It's very satirical. It's like I kind of knew the vibe and the tone of it, and. I went and I was I was definitely the youngest person there. It was probably a, a bunch of it was like a bunch of old white people there. Um, same experience when I went to go see Women Talking, which was a, a very interesting uh, crowd as well. Yeah. Um. So my call to action on that is more young people should go see movies in movie theaters. But um, and I had a bl- I just had a blast. Like seeing this movie with other people is far superior than watching it by yourself or with your partner, like in your house. Uh, I definitely did feel some of that in home where I was like. I was laughing at things, but you miss out on that like ancillary laughter that's going on around you where you're like, wow, this is like, this is hilarious. This is great. Mm -hmm. Like the energy is really vibing here. And I think a lot of that plays into this movie. So I think it's got a really interesting, you know, VOD and at home experience that goes with it. I'm the same way on the act breakdown, Ben. I think the first act I'm still a little lukewarm on, but the, but it is the after sound effect. Like the more that I think about the first chapter, with um with Yaya and Carl, the more I start to realize without that tonal setting in the very beginning, I don't think you can have the payoff that you have on the yacht and especially on the island. Yeah. You have to understand like where Carl is coming from, even trying to purchase an engagement ring, like on the yacht. Like he that that's because of that conversation. He what thinks move, that he can man. still do it and he <laughs> thinks that he still can have that. Yeah. Would you ever buy an engagement ring on a yacht, either of you? Because I, I definitely would not. I feel like that's outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> that does not feel like a last minute decision thing, you know, or just like on a whim, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to propose. <laughs> like, no, that's insane. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially after Yaya was like, yeah, that crew member is pretty hot. 
he just gets mad small dick syndrome and he's like, uh oh, I gotta put a ring on it. And it's it like, down. what are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah. Uh Flynn, uh ring, would you buy it on a on a cruise ship? No. And you know they <laughs> jacked up the prices probably oh, like yeah. three times. No, absolutely not. I thought that part was utterly hilarious because you get like the main um uh woman that's kind of helping i can't remember her name she she lands on the island as well kind of the blonde uh chick and she's like oh would you like me to style it on my hand so you can see it on her finger <laughs> yeah, and i was just yeah. like this is this is unbelievable like why is carl biting for this kind of a thing um but yeah i think you get a great payoff i didn't feel the runtime i think it feels really fluid it feels really fresh as you go and i do think that three kind of chapter uh structure does help with that I think the the island is probably the the strongest in sense of like a complete um, package in terms of what it is trying to say. I think the yacht is definitely more heavy handed in that, and that is is on purpose. And yeah. I feel like that is the tonal build out of what Austin is trying to do here. And I think the first is is more mysterious and and really trying to bring you into that world. Um, so. I really like this movie a lot. I, I think it is fantastic. And I love that it is up for best picture. I think that is an incredible thing. Um, I I don't think that we'll see another Ruben Oslin meltdown video um, like has happened in the past, but you never know. Fingers crossed. Uh, Flint, can I ask you in terms of triangle of sadness, because I do, I like this movie. It's four and a half stars on my letterbox. So I've got a, a technical letterbox question and you're the expert. So I feel like I can ask you. The like button, the heart. When mm. when do you use it? When when is it appropriate? Because I always feel weird liking something. I feel like I gave it four and a half stars. That's pretty good. Do you, I, what do I do? Okay, here's how <laughs> I rate and use Letterboxd. I'm I so excited to- for this, genuinely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have the same question. I used to be really like, oh, that's a half star movie. That's like four and a half stars, you know, just like throwing ratings everywhere. But now I'm like, I don't know what I would rate that if Mm -hmm. it's in between like a, basically what I'm trying to say is I only give five star ratings now. Like if I, like triangle of sadness, everything that came out in the last year that I watched and I loved, I was like, okay, that's five stars. Everything else. If I'm not like, super sure about it like banshees i gave four and a half stars because i was mm-hmm. like that's definitely a four and a half star movie it could be five on a rewatch but i've already given too many fives from last year <laughs> um but if i am not sure i will just give it a heart if i liked it and then leave the heart off if i didn't like it and not mm. give it a rating so nice. that's kind of how okay. i that's how i letterboxed <laughs> i like it that's like the slogan it. there you go slogan for yeah. the pod that's how i letterboxed <laughs> i think i i've used it in the sense of like i know this technically isn't a good movie but i love it like mm-hmm. my example is like big daddy like it's my favorite one of my favorite adam sandler movies like yeah. but i i know it's not a five-star movie but it is in my heart you know what i mean like i i objectively realize this is like at best a three-star movie like i understand that but mm. i love this movie so that's what I'm going to give it, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, I'm, I'll am i recognize it in the correct ratings, but I'm going to heart it because you guys need to know I love this movie so much. So <laughs> I think that's how I've kind of come to use it. It's just like, a, I like this, even though it may not reflect that in the rating kind of thing. So that's- what would you rate it then? Like I would give it the three stars. Like, I think the rating system, I try to keep it as like objective of just about the movie, mm. you know, itself. And then. 
Um, you know, but if it is one of those where I'm like, I know this isn't good, but I love it, you know, like, but I also fall back into that. Like, I'm sure I gave hook five stars. Like I know it's not a five star movie, but like it is to me, it probably just depends on like what mood I'm in. You know what I mean? Like same with, yeah, whatever that most recent Spider-Man no way home. I was like, they fucking hit me right in the nostalgia bone. You know what I mean? Like I got Toby back. Like I saw him in theaters. Like that's my first Spider-Man. You know what I mean? It's like, like I can't, there's no way this isn't going to be five stars for me. So um, yeah, yeah, it's always a mystery, but I I like that. I like knowing how you use it now. Yeah, that's good. I, I really don't have a plan when it comes to the like button. Here's my most recent example. I watched reality bites a couple of weeks ago and I loved that movie. I really, I just had a delightful time and I cherished that film. I gave it four stars because I, I know it's not a five star movie. Like, you know, it's no after sun. We got to be, got to be a little careful here with my five star ratings. So I gave it a four and I liked it that way. I know in my heart, same as you, Ben, like that, that's probably a five star in my heart. Like that's feeling, yeah. that's feeling pretty good, even though I know it's not a five star movie. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, stingy. I'm pretty stingy with my hearts. If I'm going to be honest with you, a uh, lot of Oscar movies and uh miracle. If you've ever seen miracle, oh, yeah. the movie fucking rips. <laughs> it's five star, five star heart. Um, so awesome. Uh, yeah. So triangle sadness up for three Oscars, best picture, best original screenplay and best director. Flynn, what's it going to win? Put in your, put in your bet right now. And then when Oscars comes, we'll make an announcement how correct you were or uh, absolutely wrong. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if it'll win any of the three just because like I didn't even think that it would get nominated for best picture or director. Um, I think original screenplay for sure. Um, I like definitely thought it would get nominated, but um, just my like, will it get nominated for best picture or best director makes me think like it won't win, especially what it's up against. Like it hasn't won as many awards uh as like everything everywhere all at once so, like that place is just like it's just kind of uh i don't know i don't think it'll win any of the three but i'm glad that it's there and that it's getting recognized like i was so happy when it got nominated and yeah i yeah what do you guys think <laughs> no i think that's like spot on i'm the same with that um i don't think it'll win anything uh and hot take flynn I also don't think Tar's going to win anything, but uh, Boo, we'll take that for what that's worth. Um, yeah, okay. We got, okay, Flynn, what do you think Tar is going to win? Because we talked about Tar on here uh, last week or a couple, couple of weeks ago, and Ben came in with the Ofer out of six. I assume that you do not feel the same. Hmm. Wait, is it up for best? Uh, wait. Tar's up for best original, best original screenplay, best picture, best leading actress, best film editing. And then two two other things. <laughs> is it like is it production design or something like that, or cinematography, something along those lines? Cinematography, I yeah, we'd we'd have to find out real quick, but yeah. I want to wait. Is everything ever all at once in the screenplay? Yeah. Okay, it is. It best original screenplay is is the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, everything ever all at once, the Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. I'm rooting for Banshees. Okay. So I have a triangle of sadness at a five star. I'm rooting for Banshees to win that. But 
Uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know if about tar. Is, <laughs> You're bringing us down, Ben. What is wrong with no, you, I man? Mean, the tar me needs to lead into the Oscars, not pull back. Uh, listen, I'm rooting for Kate. And like I said, I think if it wins one thing, it will be that. But just looking at everything else it's up against, I'm like, I just don't know. Like, not that it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. take like second place in a lot of these things, you know, <laughs> but it's just like it's up against some really good things, you know, mm-hmm. it's like. Todd Field did a great job directing. We haven't seen you in 13 years. That's awesome. Unfortunately, Steven Spielberg is in your category. The Daniels, you know, they're in your category. It's like, I don't know that that's going to happen. Like it really wasn't meant as a a shot at tar. It was just more like, it's an uphill battle, man. You know, like, and I, I enjoy tar for sure. It was like, I think Kate is like their one, one hope for something. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, but that that sixth one is uh, directing, you know, the one that we couldn't think about. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel the same, though, about Triangle. I think it's going to go over like it's just it hasn't done much yet, you know, and it hasn't done much at all, basically. And just a lot of t- tough competition here. Um, but I do think, you know, listeners might be sick of hearing me say this, but I think the best way for me to judge it is like if this is pre 2008 and we only have five nominees, mm. I don't think this makes the cut that kind of a thing, you know, like it's a good movie, but if we only were doing five, like we used to, this one isn't there. That being said, I agree with you, Flynn. Like, I'm glad that it is getting the recognition. Cause like, I don't know that I would have watched it if it wasn't nominated. Mm. So I'm glad it's getting the word out there. You know, his other movies, I know like force majeure and, and the circle, like great, you know, and, so it's cool to see this in that same kind of style. Um, so I'm glad he's getting recognized. I've got the movies getting recognized, but I just, I can't imagine it w- what it would take out of these three. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't see it winning anything. I still think Tar is going to take on best original screenplay. That's just like where I think it'll snatch a win. Um, and, and I, and I think Kate will as well. Um, but I just don't, Triangle Sadness just doesn't feel like it's got, I don't hear anybody talking about it. Is anybody talking about Triangle of Sadness? Like leading up to the Oscars? I don't see anybody tweeting about it or talking about it or anything. I don't know. Flynn, maybe you are more clued into that stuff. I don't know. I feel like being like chronically on film Twitter because it's my job. I (laughs) I definitely see like a lot about it, but not in terms of like, oh, will it win this or will it win this at the Oscars? Just I feel like there's like lots of like circles of like people talking about it. Yeah. just randomly but not about like best picture or anything yeah yeah i think it's interesting like not for best picture and it just doesn't feel like it has the energy there uh but you know i'm i'm glad that it's nominated and i think it's a wonderful movie i think it's fantastic let's go through some of these true cinema moments and we can kind of hash out the movie a little bit and our and our feelings on some of these scenes because there, there's a lot to talk about and i'm i'm really curious how we all feel uh so i've got a short list here First, we've got the opening um, kind of modeling scene that H and M and Balenciaga. Are you Ben H and M Balenciaga? Which one do you do you you know more associate with here? <laughs> uh, my budget is H and M for <laughs> sure, so I, I'm much more H and M without a doubt. <laughs> Flynn Balenciaga. Well, I'm gonna say the same because of my budget, but I have a resting bitch face, so. Yeah. You got the Balenciaga yeah. face with the <laughs> H&M budget. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. H&M inside, but Balenciaga outside. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, cool. I like that a lot. I love that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely H&M. Couldn't do Balenciaga. I'd feel too bad. I feel like a, I just feel like a mean person and I don't have that in me. 
uh, we've got the the pasta dinner. This is kind of the first big thing that I have on here. Obviously, Carl and Yaya have a have a massive fight about money and who is paying for the check. And uh, that conversation and that chapter kind of ends with Yaya basically saying like, "Look, I'm a model. I'm gonna be a sugar. Like, I'm gonna be someone's trophy wife. That's that just is reality." And it's like Carl kind of has to come to grips with that. And I think there's a lot to unpack in that conversation and what it can mean and the fact that they're having this bad moment in this argument for 20 minutes or 25 minutes of the film and they can't move on. And when you think it's over, it's not over. And they keep digging and talking and doing it again and again and again. Um, but getting on the boat, I have the pasta dinner and meeting the king of shit. This guy is a fucking OG. He showed yeah. up the first time and I was like, this guy fucking rules. I love this guy. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he fucks like he's, he's got his wife and he's got a side piece and he's just like hanging out. And he's like, I sell shit. Uh, I, He's a big vibes guy. How are we feeling about the king of shit around here? Oh, I just love that. That's 100% how he introduces himself to everybody. <laughs> and he laughs inside every time he says it, you know, he's one of those dudes. He was like, I sell shit. It's like, all right, cool, man. I like it. You know, Never you know those old. people that have like, they have their standard jokes or whatever. It's like, cool, man, still rocking it. I like that. So <laughs> Good for you. No, he's the best. I, so after I saw the movie, um, we went to like an after party and he was there along with Dolly and oh. I like had to go up to him because I was like, I love you in the movie. Nice. He just like had the same energy, I think, as he did in the movie. And I was like, I love this man. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Awesome. Good for him, man. They, that's I do want to bring up um, the part with the runway, I think, was one of my favorite parts of the movie before the dinner. Uh, and Carl gets like booted off the front row mm -hmm. and then he has to go sit in the back row. That's like when I watched that. And also Yaya walking down the runway. I was like, this is the most crisp movie I've ever watched. Like, mm -hmm. it's just very like, ugh, I don't know. When I watched it, I was like, this is definitely gonna be five stars. And I didn't even like care what was the rest. Of <laughs> just that scene. I was like in awe, I think. Yeah. So I love the first act. Nice. That's, that's really exciting. Um, okay, so then we have the dinner. And I think it's worth mentioning at the dinner too, like Yaya... The thing is, like, she doesn't eat the pasta, right? And I think that's very um, kind of, like, plainly told and explained to us for kind of a bounty of reasons. But I still think it's worth bringing up because, like, the king of shit, he, he is in this same social bracket, but he comes from a different era. He comes from a different time period. He was in the right place at the right time in Russia selling shit, and he is here. He doesn't have 70 million followers on Instagram. He's not an influencer. He doesn't get free stuff thrown his way because of that lifestyle. And I think it's a really interesting dichotomy of like the old and the new wave of this mode of society that will never die. It'll just exist forever. And they're just uh, really pieces of shit, honestly. And like, that's just how they operate in the world, um, whether it comes from one thing or, or another. Uh, and, and I do think it's funny that Carl is just like so plain about it. He's like, yeah, sh she doesn't eat the pasta. And it's like, everybody should just know how this works. It's like you're in a different world, dude. Nobody. He's, I, I he's the most poster child for like the the Instagram boyfriend, where he's just like taking all these photos. You know, it's like, all right, is this good? You know, whatever. Like that that cracked me up. Like throughout every time they would do yeah. that, I'm like that's super funny because he knows his role. You know, it's like you don't take one photo, man. Like you keep hitting it. Once you think you have it, you know, then we'll check. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a whole generational thing. So I think for him, he's just like. No, like you're here. Why wouldn't you eat the pasta? Like it's there. That's why we're all here. This is good stuff. And from their perspective of the influencers, like, oh, it's not about like 
what we actually do. It's about what we show people we're doing. Like that's, that's why I'm here is to show people what they could do. And he just like, I think it's so confusing to them. It's just like, wait, this is why you're here. It's just to like pretend to do stuff. I don't know. That's, it was a really cool, like you said, dichotomy, just like the, the generational differences between them. Yeah. Um, next question for you guys is the next scene actually. So when they are out on kind of on the deck, they're doing a little sun tanning action and we get this guy that's just taking his shirt off. He's like wiping himself down. He's smoking right next to him. Um, is he hot or not? Cause I, I don't know whose side I fall on here. I mean, this hotness is subjective, man. You know, <laughs> Like that's a but I need to know, man. Chest. That is a hairy <laughs> chest. I feel like your fingers are getting tangled up in that, and you've got to cut your way out. Like that is a fucking yeah. hairy chest. That's a force. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's like he's an attractive dude, you know. Like he's pretty good looking, working on a yacht and just you know sun kissed and just like muscly. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm a, t- a team Yaya here. He's hot. What about you, Flynn? I think uh, the reason Carl got so mad maybe was because he's like the polar opposite of mm-hmm. Carl. So like, Fucking pasty. It's like, well, <laughs> you're with me, but then you are like thinking this guy's mm-hmm. hot. So I don't know. I think he's hot, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Consensus. He's hot. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he dips from the yacht because Carl's kind of a dick. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's unfortunate. There's that. Uh, okay, the, the next biggest one here on the list, the crew goes for a swim. Now, this is the scene. My wife was doing homework, and I purposefully interrupted her because I was like, listen, th- if you're not going to watch this movie with me, that's fine. But I need you to see this, like, the next 10 minutes so you can understand on a base level, like, how magnificent this movie is. And, yeah, it's, it's really heavy-handed, and it throws it in your face, but it is fucking funny. And this is the scene that I chose to show her. She sees it. And I go, okay, like, this is over. You're good to go. She goes, nope, I'm roped in. She watched the rest of the movie with me. I did nice. it. And I won. Nice. And she doesn't have a letterbox, uh, but I asked her. And I was like, how does that work in your mind? Like, you watched 90 minutes of a two and a half hour movie. Did you, like, did you watch the movie? Like, how do you feel? She's like, yeah, I've seen it. It's like, that's not, that's not how it works. But it was still a win. She watched the rest of it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, everybody goes for a swim. And this is probably the the part when I watched it first, I was like, this is really fucked up. This is really, really crazy. And the old woman just dictates everything about them going for a swim and all the food goes bad and everything stops operating because this one woman is drunk and she wants people to listen to her and they bust out the slide, which honestly looked pretty fucking cool to go on that slide. <laughs> it did look pretty rad. There was like, I mean, Flynn, you mentioned that scene at the, for the first act of the fashion show, like, between that and then like the whole yacht thing, like as someone who has watched plenty of Bravo in his life, like it was very much like <laughs> real housewives of New York and below deck, you know, like going into this. And so it was kind of cool to see that aspect of it because there is like, I haven't necessarily dealt with it to that extent, but I mean, I did used to work at the airport forever. And like, especially when Sundance or whatever would come in and, you know, people are just like, Oh, will you come with me? Like carry my bag. It's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Like, no dude like i'm at work like I, I can't do this you know it's just like but these people like they just have that kind of money where they're just like no like, i'll pay you well it's like i mm. get that but i'm also on the clock like my supervisor won't understand that i stopped doing my job for this but it's just like there's that whole like it just was falling on deaf ears and she's like no i don't care like i want you to do this so it was, it was that was a, a really great scene i think that was a great one to like 
you know, started out with Molly. Yeah. What'd you think, Flynn? Oh God, I love that scene. I, I'm just like, would that happen in real yeah. life? I like, cause I know the part uh, in the beginning of the yacht act, they were talking about like, yes, sir, no, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I think that just sets the tone for the whole entire act kind of, of like, they're really just there for the guests, but to what extent? And I think it really like pushes that extent. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm like, if I was on that yacht, what would I do? Like, just be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I'm very much a pushover. So I think you just, mm. you have to, when you're in customer service. That, I mean, that's one of the best exchanges, though, is just even between that girl in her head, you know, it's like, oh, no, she's like, <laughs> yes, you're telling me no? no, it's like, well, no, yes, you know, like that, <laughs> just that whole sequence right there. It's yeah. like, I'm supposed to say yes to everything, but there's no way I'm going to be allowed to go swimming. But this is what I'm being asked to do. <laughs> like, just her like internal struggle was it was great to watch that. Oh, and it's think- most, like accurate depiction of customer service, I think. Right. We're- yeah. The food yeah. industry, like hospitality. I'm just like, oh God, I've felt that before. <laughs> yes. And this is the first time we meet where we see Woody Harrelson as the captain. And he's like, hey, uh, he, the, like the co-captain knocks on his door and is like, hey, we got to go swimming. And I'm pretty sure he's like, oh, swimming. That sounds awesome. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh no. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, and uh, that is, that is wild. Vomiting in the dining room floor. This takes up a huge chunk of the middle of the movie, obviously. And this is where it becomes really uh, kind of disturbing to watch and really takes a, a physical toll on your ability of like, how much can you watch the physical embodiment of super rich people? Like literally just like become the shit of the earth. Um, and I was, eat- I, honestly, I started eating dinner before this scene and then the scene kicked and I was like, uh, row, this is not, not, not great, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly. Um, but the, it's got a great needle drop. I will give it that when a needle drops into like the death metal and then everything starts to go off the hinges. Dude. I was like, this movie's uh, is just sick as hell. <laughs> I will say that fucking stoked me out so bad. Cause I love that <laughs> band like, refused. Okay. And that was like one of their popular songs called New Noise. And when I heard like the, the strum, I was like, holy fuck, I've never heard Refused <laughs> in a movie before. I was so excited. And that's probably, you know, what leads to me just loving the yacht scene. So I'm like, oh, I'm listening to just like one of my favorite bands uh, and just like watching this pure chaos, you know, just happen on screen. I was lucky enough to have finished dinner before starting this because I probably <laughs> would have been in the same boat. Like, I'm fine to watch it as long as I'm not eating, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. I loved it. Like everything about that 10 out of 10, no notes. I, I love that scene. It's a lot. Oh, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, it was a packed theater when I first saw it and just people were like literally gagging. And I was like, growing <laughs> up and hearing people throw up, like seeing people throw up me throwing up is like my worst fear and yeah. it really i was like oh no i do i have <laughs> but it really didn't make me have that physical reaction that i thought it would um just because i think it was like so just like bizarre and mm-hmm. it was kind of like in a i wouldn't say funny way but like you kind of have like that reaction where you're like laughing to the point that you're so uncomfortable like yeah um 
or you're so uncomfortable to the point you're laughing. Um, and we've set up that these people suck. So it's not like yeah. you're watching people you like suffer. It's just like, yeah. yeah, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like you did this to yourselves. <laughs> you made everyone go swimming. You made this food go bad. Like this is the consequences of your actions, you know? So it's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, you feel a little sympathy, but overall you, you know, kind of are led to believe like no one on here is a great person. So it's like, yeah, I know. I yeah. I kind of, I kind of took it as to like on my second watch, I was kind of like, man, nature is metal. Like you can have all the money in the universe. And if there's a storm at sea, you're fucked. Like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Like nature will always went out and like earth or the world and earth and like that kind of distinction between like one with earth and like one with, with, you know, capitalism and everything that that entails, I think is an interesting kind of undercurrent there. Pew, pew, pew. I feel good about that one. Um, the next one I have takes place kind of during the same thing where uh, Dimitri, the, the king of shit, and the captain, Woody Harrelson, they're exchanging political and capitalistic ideas. They're reading Lenin and Marx over the intercom. They're playing a card game. I've never played this game, and it seems exceptionally dangerous where you just guess the color <laughs> yeah. of the card. And if you get it wrong, shot. you would take it's a shot. <laughs> I would be I would be out of my mind in 60 seconds. Um, I adored this scene i was like this is it and it is an even more vast in your face telling of like what we have been growing towards and ruben austin like just doubles down and i just like respect that a lot and i think that's what makes me so attracted to this movie is like that it just keeps going it just it doesn't let off the gas and what it wants to tell you and they're screaming and shouting and and woody harrelson's character is like i wrote this poem when i was six my government killed the Kennedy brothers and killed MLK. And it's like, holy shit. Like it doesn't matter what side that you are on. Like you have trauma of some sort from this system that we've designed and created in, in the world. Uh, but I know a lot of people don't like this scene in particular. Uh, Flynn, do you like this scene? Oh my God. It's my favorite <laughs> scene. Let's go. They like the card game. Me and my sisters play the game. Uh, high, low, same. So you have like okay. nine cards and then you like put a card down and it's like, you have to say like, if it's higher, lower, same. And then if it's, if you get it wrong, you have to turn it over and we would drink while we're playing it. So if you got it wrong, we'd, uh, not shots, but you know, glass or something. Yeah, yeah. or sip of wine. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that definitely would get us drunk really fast. So that scene was, I was like, this reminds me of me. <laughs> I, this scene was just like, uh, I'm already like not the greatest at like talking about movies and like why I love them. Um, but this scene in particular, I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. It's just like insane. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I I was like laughing the entire time, but also I was like this in the theater, just like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. I, I Yeah. This was honestly probably my favorite scene too. Like as much as I loved the vomiting, like with Refuse playing, this was the best scene of the movie. Like when he first finds the intercom, you know, and he's like, the ship is going down. You know, and he's just like, he's drunk and he's like, just like, just having his own little conversation, whatever. And did he not eat the food then? I assume. Cause like, we know the captain had the hamburger. Mm-hmm. Like, did he just not eat? Like, I'm curious why he wasn't affected like everybody else was. I think he just is a 
He's yeah. just drinking. He's a, he's a badass motherfucker. He just like yeah, goes I mean, through it, dude. Yeah, so yeah like yeah, <laughs> iron cast, you know, uh, stomach. So I, that was it, that was my favorite. Like them, like exchanging the quotes back and forth, and just trying to like one up each other and stuff, and just like the drunken chaos. Like if you've ever been that kind of drunk before, talking to someone and just like even just like messing around, goofing, like you you know what that light is like. That you know, like the chemistry or whatever that you make there. So. I thought they captured that really, really well. And it was, yeah, easily, I think, like, the funniest scene of the movie. And this is, too, when you get Darius, the co-captain, and you get Paula, is her name, who I was referring to earlier. They're trying to get in. They're trying to stop them yeah, from, yeah. from this madness. And and they don't let them in. And and basically, both of them are like, we're sorry. We won't do it again. Like, it's okay. And they just continue to do it, which I just, like, it just keeps going. Like, it just doesn't stop which is yeah. so fascinating so this this part i'm i'm stealing it flynn if this is your favorite it's, it's also my true cinema moment it's my favorite um i i think this makes the movie for me um the next chapter we're on the island i have a, a, a couple things here on the island to talk about cooking the octopus on the island this is where we get that first transition of power that we start to see really take shape and and i think what i picked up on the second time that i watched it which was the most important for me is um without Dolly DeLeon's character, without that, you know, she is a toilet janitor. Without that level of person in the system, society does not function. It doesn't work. And that gets flipped on its head here on the island, and she becomes, you know, the the key and the token to making this kind of, like, new society work. That that was really, really interesting. And uh, I just love her energy that she brings. She's like, one for you, one for me. And yeah. she's like, nope. No, Paula, you don't get any. And I was like, fuck yeah, you tell him. You tell him, baby. It was great. Dude, I mean, that boss move of like not giving them more until they say you're the captain, like that oh, was fucking so rad. Power play. Like, what? who am I? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It, I'm such like a lover of Survivor, mm. uh, a TV show, which yep. the new season just started tonight. Um, season 43, which is crazy. Whoa. Nice. Uh, I'm a Boston but, Rob fan. That's that's yeah. that's where I end. But Boston Rob was tight. <laughs> he is the one person that I would have dinner with that are alive. Like that's my person. Whoa, that's yeah. your pick. I love that. Hell yeah. Uh, so this sequence, like the whole act, reminded me a lot of Survivor, and I think that's why I loved it so much. Like the person who provides is the one that like you keep around and you kind of listen to because like yeah. you want that. But then when you realize like oh they like can't do anything for you anymore you like vote them out but i guess in this situation like until you find where you're going like you're never out so yeah i just mm-hmm. that's how i kind of put two and two together i was like this is survivor and i love this i love it that's rad i think the the very public um like palpable awkwardness between yaya and carl on the island is uh so cringy but it also makes this chapter in this act what it is um especially and i'm I'm jumping forward slightly but especially when she calls like like, yaya carl calls carl out and is like what are you doing with your hand and then goes and kisses yarmo and it's just like this is anarchy this is madness like society has fallen apart because like money doesn't mean anything here and so like they don't know how to do it and and carl quickly takes to that like understanding of the power struggle of like if I just sleep with her, then if I just sleep with Abigail, then like, then I get what I want. And, and that's how we're going to do this thing. And that's how it's going to work. Um, killing the animal I put on here because, um, God, Yarmo, that's my boy. That's my guy. And honestly, like I've, 
I don't like that he killed the animal, but also like you did it, man. Good for you. Eventually. And you did it. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> you eventually did it. <laughs> I, f- oh, I felt really bad for him. I felt I- bad for all of them, honestly. <laughs> I know. I, we uh, just did a reading letterbox reviews with Ruben and we're kind of backtracking now, but I'm uh, thinking about this now because you said it, you feel bad for them. Yeah. But in one of the reviews, he said that he wanted to make the vomiting scene to the point where he's like, no, please save them. Like, please help them. They're oh. like, they've had enough. And then he was like, but I guess we didn't achieve that. <laughs> but I think in the third act, he, you kind of get that mm-hmm. sense of like, oh, maybe they need help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We get some sympathy for them there, without a doubt. And like knowing, the one thing I guess I did know about this was, you know, Dolly De Leon like getting snubbed and not really seeing her at all for the first two acts. I was like, yeah. What is going on, man? Like I thought <laughs> I thought she'd have like a more pivotal role. Uh so seeing her not show up to the third act, but like it's understandable. Like I see what people are saying about how she got snubbed because she she rules that whole beach. One of the one of the craziest moments on the beach is when Dimitri's uh wife washes up and she's just pale and dead and he's like sobbing and taking her jewelry. Yeah. And I was like, Dimitri, you sick son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know. That just, that really, that part, I was like, oh my God, what is he doing? That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's oh way too God. much. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. The, the last thing I have on here is, you know, kind of that final scene. We, we find the resort, Abigail and Yaya go on a hike and they climb to the other side of the mountain and they, they find a resort with elevator doors and dance music playing and we get kind of this this final moment, which I think has become very divisive for a lot or a lot of people. And seeing Abigail lift up the rock and get ready to kill Yaya. And Yaya says, look, when we get out of this, you can come work for me or something, which yeah. A is just like a, a massive like sword into your heart. And it's like, no, I thought we were better than this. And um, then not knowing if Abigail does do anything i think is is very very notable and then seeing carl run through the forest that was money for me i loved that so much um how how did you feel about the ending because i I have a follow-up question to this before we get to the last part of the pod i was like do you want to go well my my cat is playing with his squeaky mouse right now oh okay it's like really loud oh i love it what's your cat's name Weasel. Weasel, hell yeah. Great name. <laughs> He's sad now. Um, oh. Yeah, I that, I don't know. The whole resort thing, I was like, is it real? And okay, that, that's my question. Is it yeah. real? Do you believe that it's real? I think, yeah. Um, okay. Like, in other words, would they be, like, hallucinating it? Is that what you mean by not real? If we yeah. had seen the hat salesman person come up to whatever her name is in the tube if we hadn't seen that scene Mm -hmm. then i'd be more inclined to like man was that real like i have no idea but since like they established that i was like okay so that is an actual thing and now you know dolly de leon's what's her character's name i forget what it is abigail abigail she's just like oh i can't let anyone else know about this essentially is how Mm -hmm. i took her actions um so oh fascinating i did not put that together until you mentioned that ben of like 
that was why she wanted to kill Yaya was so she could get off the island and let these people suffer. I mean, I I didn't even think her getting off. I thought her just going back and continuing to kind of like be in charge. Just like, I'm not going to let them know that they can get out of here. I'm going to go back and continue to like get this young 20 something model to fuck me whenever I want. You know, it's like, (laughs) as long as I can get fish and octopus, like we're good to go. These people have to do what I want. Like it's a total power play. So that's how I took the movement was like her. It's like, well, I can't let Yaya go back and tell everyone about this. And then obviously like she doesn't know this, but the other lady can't even talk. So like she can't tell anyone about that. Um, the hat salesman dude. So, mm-hmm. and then I took Carl running. It's just like, I don't know, I guess maybe a, a, like a bookend, the beginning about like fighting for your relationship and him finally just being like, mm. no, I like just in case, you know, like I'm just going to go like see what's going on, protect her or whatever. But yeah, that's what I thought. I thought she can take her out so that she couldn't tell anybody about it. Yeah, that's what I thought as well when I saw it. I was like, she just likes being the captain and yeah. like being there for everyone and having everyone, you know, just at her beck and call and didn't want Yaya to tell everyone. That's exactly what I thought as well. I don't really know what I thought of Carl running at the end. I guess it was just like running there, but it's very like open-ended. Like, what does he run into? Yeah. yeah. I think I was more focused on Carl running because I took Carl running as like, uh oh, like he he put he put it together, but he did it too late. He figured yeah. it out. He beat the system, and he did figure out that Abigail obviously doesn't like Yaya because of this whole weird triangle of love that's going on on the island and kind of getting in the mix. And because you know when when they're in the love boat, he he basically is just like, yeah, go like go for it. Like you guys can do whatever. And he just like doesn't really seem to engage or care. And then he is literally running as fast as possible, cutting up his body with branches and limbs to try to get to where they were going. And I think he just like put it together too late and realized yeah. like, oh, like Yaya's gonna die. And like I'm I'm the reason, or like they're gonna get lost or or something. And and maybe that's that's another way that you could take it, right? Like maybe he's not running for Yaya, maybe he's running for Abigail. Maybe he he doesn't want Abigail to do anything stupid. He doesn't want to ruin what's going on on the island or something, you know. To some extent, I think there's a lot that could play there. And I think that really, really worked for me. I did um, get a text from a friend that watched this movie for the first time a couple nights ago. And it was a really long text about how much they loved it. And then a separate text was, I hated the final scene. And I was like, uh-oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> so it does play differently for different people. That was me um, too, though. That's why I said it's the after sun effect. Like when it ended, mm, I was just like, fuck, man, are you serious? Like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But then as I thought about it more, I'm like, yeah, no, it makes sense. Like she wants to maintain the power and stuff but i feel like we all have the same true cinema i just want to say quickly though like as far as movie titles being said in the movie i really liked how this was this a good done in here you know <laughs> yep. it's just like uh, relax your uh your triangle of sadness <laughs> like that's a great way to re- reference to someone like their brow or you know it's just like furrowing yep. their brow i thought it was really funny yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, okay, let's let's wrap up the pod here with our final segment. We always do um, something that pertains to what we're talking about, the movie that we're talking about in terms of Oscars history. Uh, this time, we are actually going to talk about the uh, best supporting actress because Dolly DeLeon did pretty much get snubbed. Even though she's not in this movie a ton, a lot of people were hoping that she would make the ballot, me included. I think she is sublime in this movie. Um, but we have, in the Best Supporting Actress category this year, we've got Angela Bassett, who, question mark, is still the front runner. Well, I, I don't know that if we yeah. recorded this a week ago, I would have said she's got this thing locked up. 
but SAG can definitely influence a lot of things there. For Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue, both for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, and Hung Chow for The Whale, but really kind of pretty much for the menu. I just, that's that's my personal take yeah. on that one. Um, so I'd be, I'm really, really curious who is going to win. Dolly DeLeo not included in this. Um, Flynn, we usually go through and we just talk about some notable wins, losses, snubs, whoever you want to mention through Academy history for the category. Um, what, do, what do you have on your list for best supporting actress through the years? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> best supporting actress. I mean, is Tony Collette, would she be considered supporting actress for Hereditary? I guess that's maybe that's best. In, actress. Yes. Let's just say yes. <laughs> yeah. Either way, she needs to get I mean, mentioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I am going to be one of those annoying people and say that she was very much snubbed for Hereditary. And as is a lot of horror, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lupita yeah. with us, like for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like why, why are they not nominated? I don't understand, but yeah, definitely Tony. I yeah. kind of think of other supporting actresses that I'm, you guys go first and I'll. Yeah. Like- yeah I'll go through mine. Um, my, like, my heart wants Stephanie Sue to win. I think that was like the best performance, especially in mm-hmm. everything everywhere. Jamie Lee is obviously awesome. And so is um, Angela Bassett, but I mean, Stephanie was great. Uh, just some of like notable ones I want to talk about through history. Hattie McDaniel won for gone with the wind uh, notable because she was the first black person to win an Oscar, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. 1939 uh, Beatrice straight one for network in 76 network fucking and- rips. Network is awesome. And I think she holds the record for least amount of screen time and mm-hmm. also winning. She was on screen for five minutes and two seconds and she won the best. <laughs> that's called, a, that's called efficiency right there. She's Dude. putting it in, putting in yeah. the work and getting out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is super efficient. Yeah. Uh, a couple of my favorites, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. Uh, anytime I can talk about Michael Clayton, I'm going to. So mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. winning for that. And then um, for me, my biggest snub is Jackie Weaver in uh, Animal Kingdom from 2010. Uh, I love that movie. If anyone hasn't watched it, please go watch it. Um, <laughs> she's amazing in that movie. She, she does a great job. Um, so that, that for me would be my biggest snub. She was nominated but didn't win. Nice. That's a good list. Uh, I just have three on my list here. I want to give a shout out for uh, Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas, uh, 1990. Um, same with you, Ben. Any chance I can talk about Goodfellas is a big win, uh, a good physical embodiment of, of film Twitter here. Um, and, you know, I think she gets like the best supporting actress slash like overacting award from from the rewatchables because she went hard in that role. Yeah. Um, and it it's it's really, really good. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave, I think it's definitely worth mentioning. It was her first nomination, her first win, I believe. Um, and that movie is is really, really, really good. Uh, and then my biggest disappointment, my biggest snub is that uh, Julianne Moore does not win for Boogie Nights in 1997. Boogie Nights is like on the cusp of my top four on Letterboxd. I just rewatched it for, for grad school. I just wrote a paper about it. I did a whole thing on it. And I was like, fuck, man, this movie is so, so good. And then I found out she didn't, she was nominated. I didn't know that. And then she didn't win. And I was like, this world went to hell in 1997 when we didn't didn't let her win an Oscar. So that's a, that's a tough one. It is rough. And just a little behind the scenes for our listeners who don't know, every episode, Ethan starts out by saying, it's my dick. I'm the star. It's all about me. And I just have to sit here and listen to it. So yeah. every single week I have to listen to that. But That's, yeah. that's how I hype myself up off, off air, right? <laughs> You're a diggler, yeah. I haven't seen Boogie Nights yet. 
Oh, Flynn, you got to change this. You got to I mean, change I this. I highly yeah. recommend. <laughs> I love Julianne Moore. I need to watch it. Yeah, she was great. Um, Flynn, anything else you want to add to your list uh, before we do closing thoughts here? Well, I think I hope Carrie Condon wins for. Okay. She's so good. So I just, maybe it is five stars. Yeah, I, like I think you've talked yourself into it on this yeah. episode. I think it is. Like, I hope it wins original screenplay. I don't care. I'm like, I think it's a five I star. Picture. I hope Colin Farrell wins. It just five which, star and alike. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big energy. I love yeah. that. Um, any any closing thoughts on Triangle of Sadness? Anything you wanted to mention that we didn't get to talk about? I just wanted to quickly mention um, that Harris Dickinson, who plays Carl is sublime in um, a Sundance film called Scrapper. I don't know if it was picked up uh, by a distributor yet, um, but Scrapper was so good and he was so good in that movie. So if you see it come through the pipeline, um, try to to watch Scrapper with Harris Dickinson. That's all I got. Ben, you got anything? Closing thoughts? Uh, Are you going... Okay, here's my closing question. This is real. This is my real, real closing question because I actually wanted to ask this. Uh, Triangle of Sadness is the only... 2022 best picture nominee or 2023 best picture nominee to get on the criterion collection. Are you guys oh, getting, yeah. getting criterion collection edition of triangle here? Do you like it that much? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll grab it. I love that. The Barnes and Noble sale. There you go. Uh, once I get to go in the criterion closet, I'll grab it <laughs> grab for that. sure. I'll, I'll take that. Respect. Same here. Um, awesome. Flynn, thanks so much for coming on the pod, talking about triangle sadness um, we are so honored to be your first podcast. That is uh, incredible. Had a blast. If people want to find more of you, um, where where can they find you at? Oh, goodness. Twitter uh, at Flynn Slick and Instagram at Flynn Slicker. And then also just on Letterboxd every day um, at Flynn Slicker as well. But I wanted to ask, since we ask everyone, what's your four favorites? Ooh, I wanted to ask you that actually. I was, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. Um, my four favorites are my favorite movie of all time is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, and then Casablanca, The Godfather, and then recently Everything Everywhere did make its way into the four spot. It did kick out. It's such a bro answer, and I'm kind of embarrassed, but it did kick out The Dark Knight. But I fucking love that movie. But um, so that's my my four: Ferris, Casablanca, Godfather, and Everything Everywhere. Nice. I I can I can tell you that my top four will not be as eclectic um, or cool as as Jonathan Majors or Julianne Moore, who just had like some wildly incredible top fours. I was just blown away. Did she call it Good um, Time or something? Right. Yeah, she yeah. put a good time on there, bro. Yeah. She she did it. Uh, incredible stuff. Um, Sebastian Stan, I think, put Boogie Nights on his top four. Which yes. just let's let's recognize real here next to him. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Um, my top four. Sorry, he had a different top four when we interviewed him last. So like completely different. He had, oh, like, really? Oh, on it. Um, so it was very strange. But yeah, interesting. Like so it yeah. changed. Anyways, switched your top it up. four. Oh. No, I love that. He's he's he changes it up. He subscribes to that that side of things. Um, my top four is my favorite movie of all time. Obviously, uh, La La Land, and uh, I just I adore that movie. I recently introduced my daughters to some of the musical scenes on YouTube, and now they request them at night before bed, and I just feel like I've won. Like as a as a parent, as a person, yeah. feels really yes. good. Um, Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm, I feel good. Um, Uncut Gems is is the second slot. 
I've got The Big Short, which is um, a, a very eclectic pick, but I just adore that movie. And then uh, Before Sunset is on there as well to round out my top four. Um, and I feel yeah. really good. Not yeah. Before Sunrise. Not Before Sunrise. Almost Before Midnight. I, I really like Before Midnight, and I think it is just like criminally slept on in terms of the trilogy just because of of you know they're older and it's a little bit different um kind of a, a tone and a setting but uh, i think it's before sunset and i think it's because we get to walk through the garden and we get them sitting on the bench and that yeah. is the scene that kind of sells that movie for me yeah i like i refuse to watch before midnight i just no I stop no i have not seen it because before sunrise and before sunset like they oh i just hold it to such a high standard and i'm you have so to. Scared. I know. I'm you so have to. So I'm like, what will happen? I mean, honestly, that's we were talking about that earlier, but that's <laughs> yeah. why I haven't watched Godfather 2 because I fucking <laughs> love The Godfather and I still haven't seen it. I know. But oh my my, yeah, I know. But that's like my reaction with Midnight. It's like, yeah, you love the first two. You're going to love. I, know. I, th- I honestly think my opinion is it's Julie Delpy's best performance of the three. It's not my favorite of the movies. Yeah. Sunset's my favorite. And it's just like one of the best endings of any movie ever. Like, fucking floored me the yeah. first time i saw it, i was like oh my god like so uh yeah i mean h- highly recommend but um yeah we'll have you yeah. back we'll talk about before midnight and boogie nights and yeah i'll watch godfather too and yeah we can we can chat about yeah. stuff we should have seen <laughs> that we haven't yet. i love that uh, uh so what yeah what's your what's your top four before we leave oh my gosh okay um uncle boon me who can recall his past lives is my all-time favorite i watched that for the first time in 20 20- 21 i think yeah and it just really never heard of that no it's so good it's a apachat pong i always butcher his last name um it's a thai movie everyone calls him joe for short because it's very hard to pronounce his last name um but it just came at like the perfect time where i was like i really needed this movie it's very like spiritual which i'm not like the most uh spiritual person but it just oh my god I don't know. Nice. I cannot say like enough about that movie. It's just it's insane. Yeah. And then two, which I maybe post a little bit too much about on Letterboxd is Fallen Angels. But it's I don't know, the visuals in that movie, I'm just like, that is what I want to make. Um and then oh goodness, what would three be? Maybe I think three is song to song. Uh, which is a Terrence Malick movie, and I'm not like a wow. huge. Oh yeah, is that that one I, like recent, right? I have the cr- I have the craziest story, really quick, about song to song. I was in the grocery store the other day, and it was on uh, 4K for like five bucks. Never heard of it. Saw the cast, swiped it, put it in the collection. Yeah, if you do that for it. five bucks, like you have to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. the chemistry right. between Ryan Gosling and Rooney Mara is like. The best chemistry I've ever seen. Oh my god, it like makes. Oh, me- Gosling's in it. Okay, now <laughs> yeah, that's duh, all adding up now. Like, Why did you think <laughs> it? Is? Oh, because Ryan Gosling's in it. Okay, cool. His chemistry with everyone. I'm like, God, he could like have chemistry <sighs> with a wall. It's like insane. I'm like, how yeah. does he do it? I just, I don't. Understand. It's incredible. And Rudy Mara, I'm just like, I'm in love with her. Yeah. Um, and then three. Wait, let me look at my letterbox to see what I have right now because I think I put. I actually just pulled it up as you were talking and you're, you're three for three so far. You got oh, one left. Us and them, which is yeah. a Chinese movie. It's on Netflix. Um, it's just, it's very much like a, 
devastating love story and it's one of those hidden gems on netflix that is a an original that i would never suspect is a netflix original but it's just it just is really devastating i'll say that that's all i'll say and you have wow. to watch if you watch it you have to watch past the end credits it's oh, okay i've okay. never cried harder i was there's a review on letterboxd that says like i cried so hard that my left cheek hurts or something oh, nice. oh my gosh I love devastation. Live for it. Can't wait. <laughs> well, you have before. Well, I guess before is maybe the happier ones of the. I don't know. So you, that... you, you want to feel real sad? You should watch Before Midnight. Very. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to get real bummed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's solid. Yeah, I've I haven't heard of like two of those movies. So I mean, more stuff for the queue. That's that's rad. So, um, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. I hope the the first pod experience went well. Um, be stoked to have you come back. Uh, yeah, everyone, let us know if you think Triangle Sadness is going to take Best Picture, if it'll take any of the awards, or if you're going to pick up the Criterion Edition. Um, you can mm-hmm. hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at 24 Minutes of A24. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, where you can see all three of our beautiful faces. Um, and yeah, we're just there at 24 Minutes of A24. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi, and as the legendary and immortal Tom Cruise says, see you at the movies. <laughs>